0: Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Find Your Model Health, the official podcast for Shemayne's model health for those looking to optimize their long-term health and body weight goals. I'm your host, I'm Shemayne Lenny. I'm a biohacker and fitness and nutrition expert. I hope you're keeping really well this morning. It's a cool July morning here in Airdrie and... I'm taking it pretty easy this morning, working on my to-do list throughout the summer as most of us are. This week's podcast has been on my to-do list for a while. Um, It's definitely an issue I see a lot of people struggle with. A lot of people I talk to, a lot of people, a lot of my clients have this issue and that is insomnia. Um, And this is going to be, i feel the start of a short series so this week I want to focus on insomnia And then I'm going to do a couple more podcasts on biohacking sleep, how to optimize your sleep, what you should and shouldn't do, supplements and so on and so on. But this week we're going to look at insomnia. Before I move on, I must stress that the information in these podcasts is for informational purposes only and should not be taken as medical advice. Please speak with your medical practitioner before you make any lifestyle changes. Okay, so when we look at insomnia, around half of the population reports having difficulty falling asleep and then a little under that number has difficulty staying asleep. A lot of people I speak to, they either have trouble falling asleep, they toss and turn throughout the night or they wake up during the night and then can't go back asleep. So One in three adults will suffer from insomnia at some point in their life um, and then When we look at the numbers game, about 31% of high school students report getting a full eight hours sleep on average on a school night, which is not a lot for high school students, especially because they're in that growth phase. They need a lot more sleep because their body is using up a lot more energy um, than ours is during a day. So they really students and even young kids going right through that growing phase should be looking at at least 10 hours sleep a night in my opinion and that's quite a lot but I mean if you've got a teenager you know that they'll go to bed at all hours of the night and then they just sleep for the whole day the next day. But we are living in this time of sleep disorders um, and of course the accidents that are caused by tiredness than any other point in history are higher than they've ever been. So today we're going to look a little bit more at some reasons why we're having trouble sleeping and what we can try and do to kind of solve it or reverse it. So when we look at why we're having issues sleeping, there are many factors responsible for sleep issues. And they obviously can be very individualized as well. Certain medications that people take can come with side effects that cause sleep to be an issue. Um, regularly drinking caffeine later in the day can be an issue for some and not for others. For some of my clients, I'll say no no caffeine after noon. For other clients, I know they're fine with sleep and it's no caffeine after two. I have some other clients and it used to be a case with myself that I could have caffeine later in the day and still not have trouble sleeping. I can still do it from time to time now, but I'm at this stage where I don't want to be tempting fate, so I generally don't have caffeine after 2 p.m. Then there's lots of studies that show the correlation between excess sugar consumption and having issues falling asleep as well. And then, of course, we know um, our stress Stress is a huge component in sleep. Worrying about commitments, finances, our schedule, places to be, things we have to get done, things we didn't get done, Um, they all have a big impact on our sleep. A lot of needless things have an impact on our sleep too. Worrying about stuff that's out of our control, especially in the middle of the night, um, Then there's, of course, exercising too late in the day can have an impact on some people. Not exercising at all also can have an impact on some people's sleep. So it's again, that's very individualized. Video games can have an impact on sleep, especially later in the day as they can enhance adrenaline and cortisol. Um, Reading exciting books or even horror books can raise your heart rate and cause it to cause you to struggle to wind down horror films as well horror films are a big no for me horror films late in the evening can cause someone to increase their cortisol and their heart rate and their adrenaline and they'll struggle then to calm back down in the right time frame before bed um Just two other things that can cause an issue. Blue light. I'm sure you've heard about blue light. So blue light's a big thing. And I think I'll talk about more of that in another podcast. But I i um, a big proponent of Epsom salt baths for my clients or my girls as I call them um, especially as hot as they can tolerate it so hot hot because I like to activate those heat shock proteins that support good health and longevity but the thing is we need to be at a certain temperature to get into a good sleep. So when I do that I'm always saying I want you to have your bath an hour before bed so that you can give your core temperature enough time to drop back down to where it wants to be for optimal sleep. So you can see there's all these different variables, there's all these different things that affect different people. So what are the consequences then? Well if you know me and you've you work with me, you've, you will have heard that if I do not get seven and a half to eight hours sleep, it is a shit show. I my even my teeth get inflamed, my brain gets inflamed, my cravings spike. I cannot function optimally on not enough sleep. My mouth feels inflamed. I've just it's just a mess. I need that good quality sleep and i need that certain amount of time or i'm no good to anyone and chronic sleep deprivation is it's not something i suffer with regularly but it is a common thing for a lot of people and in our day and age we've so much going on that a lot of the symptoms they often go unnoticed or they've been normalized. Like this is just a normal part of my day. We live in such a fast paced society. And we've so much going on. So much needs to be done that we think that how we're feeling today, this is just normal. This is just how I feel. I always say to people clients or new clients when I'm doing consultations you know you think you feel good but you won't actually know what feeling good is until you really feel good I don't know if that makes sense to you but when you really feel good a lot of my clients will reflect and they'll be like oh my god I used to think I felt good I can't believe that anyway so there's several adverse effects that go kind of unnoticed or make us say oh I I just feel tired and that's it and we kind of fob it off to that but some of the effects that sleep deprivation have on us can be quite detrimental I mean it's being shown to affect our cognitive performance our physiological performance like you try to have an epic workout when you're sleep deprived it's not gonna happen your physical functions will struggle your response time just won't be what it is when you've had optimal sleep so it impacts us everywhere so some more symptoms that we'll just look at when you're sleep deprived um And a lot of you will agree. I agree with a lot of these. It happens to me. Memory loss. Yep, that's me. Difficulty with memory recall. Difficulty with cognitive function. Increased inflammation. That is me. I get my temperature goes up. My gums inflamed. My tongue inflamed. My whole body inflamed. It's a mess. Impaired driving. There are studies that show a lot of the accidents that happen on our roads now are due to tiredness. Um, impairment of glucose control. When we have not had enough sleep we have a higher instance or higher relationship to diabetes than we're not. So our insulin resistance increases when we are sleep deprived. I do came across a study maybe two years ago it was quite a while ago that said there's a 90 percent increase in your body responding like a diabetic after poor sleep than there is on good sleep like that's quite an increase it's crazy and when I'm sleep deprived, I crave sugar like it's nobody's business. Because my brain is saying, hey, you, we're exhausted. Like you're exhausted. And we know that sugar is a really quick source of energy. So go eat sugar all day long. Go eat sugar without even knowing you're eating sugar. So it's just like it's out of your control. Then we have issues with our sympathetic nervous system. So we, one, we feel lethargic. So we decrease our movement. But that not only decreases our physical movement, it decreases the movement of our gut, our large intestines. Um, It causes sweating, weakens our digestive, it can raise our blood sugar. blood pressure um, activates the flight or fight response so even though we're so tired we're getting more stressed our adrenals are more stressed um our mood obviously is impacted we have less patience for idiots we have no time to be tolerating stuff that's just not pleasing us in that time frame Um, And then, of course, decreases in motor function as well. So there's a lot that happens, like a lot. And a lot of the things that I speak of that happens to myself when I say to my clients they're like oh my god I didn't even realize what that happens to me like those increase in sugar cravings and inflammation and the moodiness and having no control over what you're eating after poor sleep this is a real thing there is a big biochemical reaction that happens there between our cortisol and our adrenaline and dopamine and all of that stuff So now that we've looked at some of that and what could be impacting it, then what could we do to try and solve this? Like, what are a few hacks that we can do simply, or some stuff that we need to be aware of that we're doing on a daily basis to kind of help with our sleep? I like to start off really simple with fresh air and sunshine first thing in the morning. Many studies have shown that exercise first thing in the morning sets you up for a good night's sleep that night. For some people exercising first thing in the morning is not always applicable um, but most of us can get some fresh air and sunshine in the morning. Even if it's just winding down your window on your drive to work and letting the sun hit your skin directly and getting some air into you that can still make a difference on days that maybe it's the weekend or you're not in work or you have the time or can you like to go for a nice morning walk get some fresh air get the lymphatic system moving relax the adrenals just set yourself up for a good day and you're getting that sunshine and vitamin d and that really can play a big part in optimizing your sleep the following night we of course want to avoid consuming alcohol and coffee and anything caffeinated and stimulants and Red Bull and all that um, before bed. So ideally it's six hours before bed but this can be very individualized with half-life of certain substances in everyone's body. Some people metabolize coffee faster than others. Um, Generally, I say 2 p.m. is the cutoff time. If you are going to have alcohol, try keep it to one glass um, at least an hour before bed, two hours if you can. Watch that sugar consumption as well later in the day because that can cause issues. But again, That's very individualized. Some people that have severe stress problems can do well on some carbs later in the evening. But a bit of trial and error will go well here. If you're someone that struggles with staying asleep at night, maybe change your diet for a week. Maybe pull back on the sugar and the carbs and see if that happens. Even if you commit to not having any carbs after say 1 or 2 p.m., in the day and that doesn't include your green vegetables but your higher sugar carbs and then see if it helps you watch out for lighting later in the day is something a lot of people really don't think of we're exposed to strong UV and blue lights from everywhere and the lights that we're exposed to in our house they're not the same as the light that we're exposed to outdoors that natural light but we do want to keep more of a natural kind of light in our house so letting your house darken as the day darkens in spring and summer then in the evenings in the winter if you can maybe use more fluorescent warming lights or even candles in the evening that keeps your body in that kind of zone and that circadian rhythm of saying okay it's getting dark now the sun is going down we're going to start relaxing and wind down for bed um i like to keep my bedroom cool but there are studies coming out now on temperatures and sleeping for a long time we were looking at keeping our room cool keeping our body temperature at a certain cool point now there's more studies saying that well warmer can be more beneficial for some people so I think keeping the bedroom cool is a good idea and then just adding extra blankets or whatever as you need to um, if you find that you need more warmth to help you sleep um, for some people with a lot of stress as well we want to avoid working out too late in the evening because if you're already stressed and you have a stressful day and a stressful life and you are just stress 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 and then you're like oh my god I need to work out I didn't get my workout in and then you do a stressful workout and you're just increasing your stress even more I just got stress 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 everywhere you're gonna have issues with sleep you are not gonna wind down and even if you pass out Because you're exhausted, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get into that good quality sleep because your cortisol levels are still going to be elevated throughout the night. Now, real quick, because the next podcast won't be for another two weeks. We've looked at what you should avoid. So caffeine, alcohol, not a great idea, even on refeed day with myself, my clients, we have maybe a glass of wine later in the evening, maybe some excess carbs. We just toss and turn all night and it is not fun. So be aware of that. Uh, anything that makes stimulate anything with caffeine, green tea has caffeine, white tea has caffeine. So there's a lot of teas have caffeine and people don't realize they do. Roasted teas can have that cortisol effect on the system so I'm not for roasted teas at all with my clients but some good teas that can help you obviously chamomile is a big one Um, valerian passion flower cava can be a good one I like a peppermint tea sometimes in the evening can be nice relaxing tea Um, anything really that doesn't have caffeine I'm a fan of in the evening Um, if I was to do alcohol in the evening, it would be some sort of good red wine and would be a small glass and it would just be one, um, because sleep is very important to me. There are also some foods and just as a side note, there are some foods that will affect. So we looked at sugars and carbs and how that can affect some people's sleep in a positive or negative way. But there's also thiamine, so sorry, thyramine is um, a compound found in foods and it increases the production of noradrenaline, which boosts your brain activity and keeps you awake. So some foods that contain thyramine that might need to be avoided at dinner, like this could impact you, are bacon cheese like straight away a lot of people have bacon or cheese at dinner chocolate could be great for some and not so great for others eggplant potatoes sauerkraut sausages spinach tomato and again wine they all contain tyramine and some people this could be a problem so if you're someone that has sleep issues and staying asleep or falling asleep you could try eliminate some of those for even a week and just see how your sleep fares out and if it improves so uh, that's definitely something to think about um some Another tea that is very popular for helping people sleep is lavender. I'm not a fan of lavender tea. I'm not a fan of lavender oils because of the studies around their estrogenic properties and I of course teach my clients health first. So if there's lavender, um, I prefer lavender in a plant form, in a client's room or in the home. So the plant, the lavender plant, I don't like lavender teas and I don't like lavender essential oils for their estrogenic properties. Um, So just bear that in mind as well. So I I don't wanna ramble on because I am gonna do some follow-up podcasts, but I hope you found this somewhat helpful um, and it helps ensure that you do get enough sleep and improve your sleep quality try some of these hacks if you're still falling having trouble falling asleep there's um, a variety of supplements and things that we can do to optimize that but I'm going to touch on them in the follow-up podcasts so if you know anyone that may benefit from this podcast please do share I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you have a great rest of your week. Stay safe and we'll chat soon. Bye-bye.